The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Thanks for tuning in to Brothers on Law on Go Country 105. I'm Larry Mandel. And I'm Rob Mandel. And we've been trial attorneys here in Los Angeles for over 40 years. On our show, we will discuss current events, talk about legal issues, and have some very entertaining guests stop by. So stay tuned every week for Brothers on Law right here on Go Country 105. All right, good morning, everyone. It's Rob Mandel with the Brothers on Law, and I'm here with my brother. Larry Mandel. Good morning, Rob. Hey, good morning. And thank you, uh, Debbie Mortgage Mom. You, We love coming after your show. You're just uh, a lot of fun. And yeah, we really, good stuff. Uh, good stuff, yeah. So, Larry, you know, um, in our daily lives, in our practice together, that we've been doing how many years now together? Oh my gosh, like 35, 30 years. Well, no, no, like no, 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 not 35, dude. Don't. <laughs> you are older. Don't do that to me. Yeah. But it's more than 30. I more think you're right, like 31 years, yeah. together. Yeah. And we see a lot of bad stuff, you know, a lot of uh, people. Uh, Catastrophic yeah. injuries, stuff like that. And including a lot of spinal cord injury pe- uh, yes. folks, victims. And uh, it's a hard thing to see. Yeah. Um, but there are some heroes out there. Yeah that um, help many of these people recovery and yeah. get out of pain. Put them back, back on together. Their, right. Yeah. Putting Dumpty Dumpties back together yeah. and getting back on their feet. Yeah. And uh, we're Which fortunate. A, yeah. Which uh, is a segue to our special guest today. Yeah. Tell us about our special guest. Our special guest is Anthony Varela, Dr. Anthony Varela, and he is a neurosurgeon, board certified neurosurgeon. Welcome to the show, Welcome Dr. Borella. Thank Barella. you, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, our really pleasure. appreciate our, it. Our pleasure. So, a neurosurgeon, it just sounds like... Sounds heaven. cool. It sounds so yeah. cool. Yeah. And it also sounds like, you know, wow. You know, I mean, like, isn't that basically brain a brain surgeon, right? It is. Yeah. It is a brain so, surgeon. So, when people say it's, it's not brain surgery, you say... It is. It is brain <laughs> surgery, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. And, but it's also spinal surgery. Right. Yeah, there's a big component of the field of neurosurgery that is that is spine surgery. So it encompasses a very large uh, piece of, of knowledge base for us. So by the time we're done with residency, the, the average neurosurgeon has probably done over 2,000 spine cases. 2,000 wow. cases. That's amazing. And yes. how, long, how many years is school? Uh, the well, after four years of med school, the residency programs can vary f- anywhere from six years to nine years, and then there's another, wow. depending on your subspecialization, one to two years of fellowship afterwards. That's so where, super dedication. Yeah, that's right? crazy, man. So where did you go to, to med school and all that? So I went to med school in New York City at Columbia University. Wow, I got my MD. Very and then impressive. I, I did my. Um, my general surgery internship at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. Okay. And then I did the first part of my residency at uh, in Pennsylvania. And then I came out to do my chief resident year at UCLA Medical Center. Wow. Um, then after that, Lo- I went- You went local. Yeah, I was, yeah. you know, 
yeah. kind of bouncing around. And now you're in private practice. And yeah, now I'm in private practice in Agora Hills in Westlake Village area. And you're Fantastic. Uh, performing surgeries in the local hospitals and things like that? Correct. So we perform surgeries at several of the local community hospitals. And we also do a fair amount of our work in the outpatient environment, uh, in the surgical centers. Because spine has really changed over the last, I would say, five to ten years, where the majority of the cases, because of the advances and the instrumentation, we're able to do a lot of these procedures as outpatient. Because they call it, I've heard the term microdiscectomy. What, right. what does that mean? So what what has happened really over the last, I would say, five to ten years is that the, the way that we approach the spine has changed so that we're able to access the area without essentially making huge incisions. We're able to get to the area of interest with tiny little... Uh, almost like poke holes, and we're able to do our work through little telescopic ports. And then once we're done, we literally remove the the port, and the, the patient has one stitch and a band aid, and can yeah. go home. You know, with yeah, within yeah, the same days. day. So, but yeah. what 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 gets us to that point? Because you know, we were talking about how we see so many folks in with with uh, back pain, neck pain, and they've had a trauma. And now they're suffering, and not everyone is "quote unquote" a surgical candidate. Correct. So, and I know a lot of people, even if they are a surgical surgical candidate, boy, they're scared blankless. Absolutely, you know, they don't want to do it. Yeah. So, um, what? Uh, what How do are we the get criteria? to that point? Yeah, you yeah. know, what are we looking for that you know that someone like you can come in and and basically save the day for folks like this? Yeah. So I think you know the most important thing when you see a patient is to just talk to them and get a history because the history will give you 90% of the diagnosis before you even do an exam or before really? you even get a test. Yeah. I mean, really the, the, the history tells you everything for the most part. So good old fashioned, just face old fashioned, to face talking. Yeah. Just talk to them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think because of all the technology and computers and electronic medical records, I think you know, doctors are spending less time talking to people. Right, which and is not a good thing. No, yeah. and they're spending more time on the computer without even facing the patient. Yeah. So yeah. it's very important to just sit down and just say, hey, what's going on? When did it start? You know, what's going on at home? Right. You know, how's your life? Uh, and yeah. get really a good history. And then after that, you do your examination. And then after the examination, you get your exams, MRI scans, CAT scans, blood work. And then you formulate an, an opinion as to what you think is going on. Right. And in my practice, uh, we're always going to treat people conservatively first. That's the first step. What does that mean, conservative? We're going to basically try everything but surgery. Okay. That so, means physical therapy, injections. Epidurals, uh, observation, massage, uh, acupuncture, chiropractic. So we have a lot of different modalities. Drugs. Are there drugs yeah, that help? Yeah, I mean, drugs are, are important. To a certain extent, but we try to stay away from from just haphazardly prescribing, you know, drugs to people. As they, we know, they, they just, just mask get it, the yeah. situation. Right? Yeah, it's just That's gonna the mask. And we have a huge epidemic. opioid crisis in the United States, yeah. as you know. So we really try to be extremely conservative on that aspect right. of treatments. Doc, you mentioned epidural, so walk us through that. What is that all about? So normally, when I first see a patient. Um, like you said, no one wants surgery. I mean, that's you know, that's not the first step that people think about. But when I see the patient and they have, let's say, a herniated disc that's pinching the nerve, one of the first treatments that we will do is to uh, 
try an epidural, a trans, what we call a transforaminal epidural steroid injection, which basically means that we're injecting numbing medication right into where the nerve exits. And hopefully that will reduce the inflammation uh, and help the patient's leg pain. And that becomes... And that, does that be, well, I'm sorry, I stepped on you. Okay. But now I'm going to step right no, in. No, let me just finish though, Rob. Because, because let me, let me just finish. mind-numbing drug. I mean, the, the nerve. <laughs> the nerve. What mother. happened to you here? I think it's talking to you. It's like a mind-numbing okay, drug. Stop, stop. Yeah. On the um, epidurals, it becomes therapeutic and diagnostic. Correct, right? correct. And what Larry. does that mean? So basically, um, the epidural will not, will not only help the patient with their back pain, but it'll also help the doctor figure out where the pain is coming from. Because let's say, for example, I give you an injection at L4, L5, and you get better from it, then I now know that that's your pain generator source. Right. So and that's your low back, it, L4, L5. Correct. But my question was, okay. my question was, Go ahead, Rob, is this a, like a temporary fix? Or can it be a yeah. more permanent fix for somebody? Yeah, I mean, in my experience, the epidurals do tend to be temporary, um, but the time varies. They can last a week. I've also seen them last eight months. I see. Yeah. So it really just depends on the patient and how they respond to it. Yeah. I have a current client who it lasted about six months. Yeah. And then it seemed to come back again. And this was her mid-back area, the thoracic spine, which is kind of challenging, right? right. Because it's an area that's kind of protected. And, right. And, but it's also difficult to treat. It is, is and it's hard to get to from a decompression standpoint um, because there's not much space in there. We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the brothers-in-law, here on Go Country 105. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. Hey, if you missed any part of this show or you just want to hear it again, go to brothersonlaw.com for all of our previous shows and all things Brothers on Law. What are we talking about when we talk about most of the time when someone has a really bad uh, back injury or neck injury, what is going on? You know, anatomically, physically, what's going There's on? There's a lot of different things that can occur. I mean, I would say that the majority of the time, the problem is a herniated disc, okay. which has shifted uh, out of its location and is now pinching the nerve. Okay. That's probably 80 to 90% of the time, whether right. it's in the cervical spine or the thoracic or the lumbar spine, that's what we're seeing. So what happens is, is that the jelly that's inside the disc will leak out. Almost yeah. like when you squeeze a toothpaste tube right. and like the, a stuff jelly come, donut. the stuff comes flying out, right? Imagine trying to put that stuff back in. It's impossible. Yeah, right? it's not going to go back. It's not going to go back in. You can't put the toothpaste back you in can. the tube. You can't. You yeah. can't. <laughs> yeah. So now, and by disc, what you're referring to is that softer or like a, a kind of rubbery material Correct. in between your vertebrae bones. The it, bones. It looks like crab yeah. meat. It does. It looks like crab meat. Wow. Yeah. But it doesn't taste as good. No, it doesn't. No, yeah, but yeah. it looks like it. <laughs> How do you know, Rob? <laughs> I, I eat it plenty of disc. Yeah. So, um, all, right, all right. So then so, what do you do after that? You know, you've diagnosed that condition. Yeah. So so basically, once you see that the disc is herniated, and, and we were talking about traumatic forces that push this disc out of its location, usually through what we call an annular tear, which means that the covering of the disc has ripped. Right. Um, so the first line of therapy is always going to be to observe the patient. Right. That's the first line. Just give them a few weeks, see how they do. If that doesn't work, then 
will proceed to epidural injections, like we spoke about, or we'll do physical therapy. We will try chiropractic. Some patients have done well with acupuncture techniques. Um, So there's a lot of different things that we can do you know, before we just jump to surgery. A lot of options, although if it's really bad, is it, there are cases where it's just, you know, it's just not going to help. It's yeah. going to be a Band-Aid on a major wound. Totally. And if, you know, the patient has tried everything, we've done everything, the patient is months in and still, you know, complaining of pain and it's affecting their life. That's really how I, how I talk to the patient. I ask them, let me ask you, is this, real, is this affecting your life, right. your activities of daily living? If the patient says, yes, I I can't live my life, then that's usually a patient that's going to do well with surgery. And and just so we we are clear on what is going on for the most part when you have like a herniated disc, it's not just local back pain, is it? No. No, Tell us about that. It's back pain, but it's also pain that's coming from the fact that the nerve is pinched. So when the nerve is pinched, now you're going to get pain either going down the shoulder or the arm or the leg. Right. So it's it's essentially back pain plus shooting leg pain, or what we right. call radiculopathy. Right. And in the right. low back, it would Which go down ridiculous. your legs. Correct. Yeah. And in your neck, yeah. it would go down your arms and your shoulders. And Correct. that's called the dermatone, right? The Correct. Path. Correct. But, but, but I've, I've had people tell me, yeah, man, my whole leg is killing me at my foot. And then we, we trace it back and it's coming from their low back where they have yeah. this, this disc. And sometimes, Dr. Varela, you could have the pain or numbness going down your leg, but your back doesn't really hurt. Yeah, that right? can happen as well. That can happen but as well. But you still got to go into the back to fix that. Right? Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it and I tell the patients, you have a pinched nerve. We just have to unpinch it. Yeah. That's really what you're doing. Right. It's not magic. You just taking the pressure off of the nerve. Yeah. And how long are this, is there a certain time period for these surgeries? Is it, what's the minimum and the maximum it seems like? It depends on the, on the patient's uh, status. I mean, if the patient has, for instance, say something like a drop foot, which is a neurologic deficit, mm-hmm. then that's a patient I would probably take to surgery sooner than later. Oh, yeah. A few days. Because it could end up being a permanent problem. Yeah. Because right? if someone that has works. a neurologic deficit, that's, that's evidence of a, of of nerve damage. Yeah, the nerve is damaged, and it won't get won't recover. It it it, ha, it can recover, but you need to get to it in yeah. a, in an expedited fashion. Yeah, because the nerve peripheral nerves actually do recover, so we have that um, that luxury of of being able to actually see the nerve resprout. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, resprouting nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but. Um, why should or shouldn't somebody fear surgery? You mean the risk involved? Well, no, I'm just, I'm just, you know, people are afraid. I mean, I don't know if they know about risk or don't. They don't know about risk, but why should they fear it and why should they not fear it? Good yeah. question. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when, when someone is recommended surgery, I mean, I think it's reasonable to, to get a second opinion and just see what another practitioner opines on the situation. Um, but I think... You know, the red flags for me is a doctor who just recommends surgery right off the cuff without trying any conservative therapies. You know, that's probably someone that you, you should really look hard at seeing someone else. Uh, because most prudent physicians and surgeons will, will try to treat the patient non-surgically first. And that's, that's the standard of, of right. care. Is that because once you go in, no matter how good the techniques are and how... Uh you know, modern they are now, 
that that you're still kind of altering the the and what's the word the, anatomical the, yeah the anatomical <laughs> thing configuration of the spine to some extent yeah or whatever. and you know the way i the way i anatomy. see it is that was the word anatomy <laughs> the way i see Bingo. it is once you do it you can't undo it yeah you know so you really want to make sure that the patient has tried everything they can right and that's and that's for me the sign of a, a patient should feel comfortable with the physician if if they've tried everything right now they're sort of six months out and they're still in pain and the doctor says okay well let's let's start talking about surgery uh, that makes me feel much more comfortable than than someone who just jumps a, right in jumps right in and has a knee-jerk reaction yeah you need surgery see in some of our cases there will be conservative care and they may see a specialist like you, but then there's a gap, maybe a, a six months or a year where they really don't do anything. And then in our- They're just trying and, to grin and bear yeah. through it. You but know? In, just, in our yeah. world, they're highly criticized. Oh, there's a gap in treatment. Right. You know, what happened there? But you see that quite often, right? For yeah. For those same reasons. Yeah, we see that. I mean, you know, people have complicated lives and, and sometimes they, you know, they just, they're busy with kids and with work and- their families and, and they and neglect themselves. Yeah, and and don't most people? They just want to keep living. They don't want to yeah. have to stop and go to doctor after doctor no. and and maybe you know try this and try that. They just want to people get just, back to normal. They just want to feel better. Yeah, people just want to feel better. That's yeah. it. Most patients say, "Doc, I just want to feel better. I don't care about anything else." Have you suffered or been injured by someone else's negligence? When you need a legal team that will stand up for what is right, won't give up the fight and obtain justice, call 818-886-6600. Mandel Trial Lawyers specializes in personal injury cases of all types. Whether it's a car accident, product or premises liability, dog bite, or a catastrophic injury, Mandel Trial Lawyers are there for you when the fight is worth it. Call now for your free consultation, 818-886-6600. Let the scales of justice tip in your favor. So by the time you get to the point where you are really considering surgery and you as a doctor are, are saying, yeah, maybe we should consider that, they're, they're really at a point where... They, no they, turning back. Well, really. they, they just can't uh, have Process. a normal day. Without yeah. being in pain, you know, the pain is just, you know, uh, taking over. It their, consumes, their it consumes it's their lives. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then they're not thinking about anything else, but yeah. just how they're going to deal with the pain all day. Are there any new techniques on the horizon? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, the new technologies surround uh, minimally invasive access and also uh, stem cell therapy right. is also something that's, that's, that's in the works and it's being tried in some centers. Um, but but also there's all different radio frequency techniques, uh, rhizotomy procedures. Oh yeah. And it, but mostly a lot of the techniques surround access and literally trying to get to the spine with the least incision possible. That makes sense. Yeah. The rhizotomy is like where they burn the nerve, yeah. right? Yikes. So, Rhizotomy is a procedure which is similar to to an epidural, but instead of injecting numbing medicine, they have a needle and they heat it to 90 degrees and it doesn't hurt actually but yeah. it, what it does is it deadens the pain nerves that are going wow. from the spine back to the brain yeah. yikes and that, I've had very good results really with resi- yeah and but I would want to be last, asleep though. I would not want to be awake well most that. of the time you are asleep yeah, okay, when they're doing good, it takes 15 good, good. minutes but those can last <laughs> you're brave, bro. I don't want no 90 degree needle going in <laughs> no. me while I'm awake <laughs> yeah Right. But, and how long does the the effects of the rhizotomy rhizotomy you know they can usually last about a year 
and then you can repeat it. I see. That's so it buys the patients additional time when they're avo- trying to avoid surgery. And so when you see a patient that you've done, you had the rhizotomy performed, and do you see them like just with big smiles on their face? Oh, like yeah. A whole different world. For totally them? different per- person. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like pain yeah. to completely uh, stop you cold. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and everything becomes about getting out of pain instead of, hey, I'm just going to go take my car to the car wash or, or, or have know, a uh, go on vacation or like yeah. anything. Yeah. I mean, you can have all, let's face it, you can have all the money in the world. If you're in pain, your health is compromised. You are very poor indeed. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And by the way, folks, if you've had something like this befall you and you want us to uh, check out your case or even put you in touch with someone like Dr. Varelli, you can call us anytime at 818-886-6600. That's our number. Yeah, 818-886-6600. I just told them the number. I want to tell them again. But but you know what? I want to hear Dr. Varela. How do they get in touch with Dr. Varela? So how do they get into... Well, besides, you know, call... Because we will put them in touch with Dr. Varela as well. But, but, you know, how how can... Don't you normally get a referral from a a different kind of physician? Or can people directly contact you? No, I mean, I I usually get... uh, referrals, but also uh, I'll get referrals from other doctors uh, and from right. attorneys as well. So uh, my office is in Agor Hills. And What's the, the number, Doc? My number is 805-449-0088. Can you one say that one more time? Yeah. There 80, you go. 805-449-0088. Perfect. Well, uh, you know, we have a caller on the line, so we're going to take this call and see what it's all about. Hey guys, this is Brandon. I love the show. I was recently in a bad car accident and the other driver admitted fault. I sustained some serious injuries and the doctors told me I may miss up to a year's worth of work with all the rehab. Is it possible to be compensated for pain and suffering? How's that figured out? Thanks, guys. All right, Larry, uh, what, do you, what do you want to say to Brandon? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're in an auto, bad auto crash, and your um, and the other drivers admitted fault. Gee, are you entitled to pain and suffering? Of course, and that's called the non-economic losses, and that includes not only just pain and suffering, but inconvenience, fears, anxiety, and things of that nature. What are your Every, thoughts, Rob? Everything that is not, you know, com- computable on a on a calculator, is a non-economic loss. So you know, loss of enjoyment of life, you know, fear, humiliation. Uh, anxiety, worry, the pain, the suffering, because everything that, um, when you have a bad injury like that, everything, like we were talking before, everything comes to a blinding halt and all you, you're, you're utterly consumed by it. And that has a value from a legal standpoint. It has a value. Now he's asking, uh, Hey, how do you figure that out? Well, for the most part, we look at if we're trying to resolve the case without um, going having to go to trial, we're looking at other trial results and we're looking at what juries have given for those kinds of pain and suffering. But if you go to trial, then it's up to a jury and they're going to figure it out for you and we're going to give them guidance. Yeah, because there's no set formula. Excuse me, Ron. There's really no there's set no formula. No set formula. Right. Excuse me, Larry. I didn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, it 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 is kind of a tough thing, but generally speaking, we we consider the value of someone's non-economic losses to be far in excess 
of their out-of-pocket stuff, of their bills, of what, what's, what it's going to take to have a surgery and whatnot. Because um, you only have one life, man. That's you right. Know, you only get one, one go around. And when someone, uh, you know... At the hands if, of if, another? Yeah, if someone else's uh, uh, carelessness puts you in that position... You know, and you're talking to Dr. Varela about, hey, man, how do I get out of pain? How do I get out of pain? And now we're going to have surgery. You know, that that's a tough place to be. Right, Doc? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, you know, the patients, like you were saying, they they come they come in scared. They're they you know, they're coming to see a surgeon. And I think people automatically think, hey, this guy's going to cut me, want to cut me. He wants he wants to do surgery. But but really, that's that's not what we do at the practice. I mean, I, right. I operate on 10% of my patients that come in through the door. Oh, that's so you're, at, you're, you're able to find other solutions yeah. for the 90%. The 90% of the patients are not getting surgery. You know, yeah. they're being referred to pain specialists or chiropractors or physical therapy or sometimes people just need um, spine surgeons to just follow them right. to monitor their care, to come in and talk to me several, you know, every month and see how you're doing. Yeah. Um, it's not just about, you know, putting someone on the table and, and cutting, cutting. I mean, that's not what we do. Right. There's an art to what we do. And, and it's a lot of it is, is just managing the patient's total care. Well, what you were saying in the very beginning of our conversation, you were talking about, you know, what it takes to become a neurosurgeon. And you were talking about, about basically a 10-year path. Right. Right. Correct. So from the time you say, OK, I'm, I'm in medical school. Yay, I got in. I'm Columbia, you know, so I'm creme de la creme from from that standpoint. <laughs> right. But yeah. now you're on this path and you are sacrificing so much of your own life, really, to get well, to yeah. where you're And that's you. Were, you're, it's funny you should mention that because you were talking about you only have one life. Yeah. So to become a neurosurgeon, you know, I didn't. I didn't get out till I was, you know, in my mid thirties. Yeah, I didn't, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't live my life. I was in almost my late thirties. But you know what's refreshing? In books and in, just in clinic in books and, and seeing patients yeah. and, and doing and performing surgeries. surgeries. I mean, I've probably at this point have performed over thirteen thousand surgeries. That's that's, that's the kind of doctor I want. But you yeah. know what kind of doctor I also want is like Doctor Varelli. He's got compassion. He does. You he know? talks to his patients. Yeah. <laughs> No, and he's he's a listener, yeah, right? That's right. It's so so important. Unlike that, my brother, but no, ha ha. But you know, it's unlike a, a doctor that comes in and like, what did he say? Where where's she going? Uh, what happened? I don't yeah, even know what she's yeah. talking about. No, no. Actually, Larry's a very good listener. Thank I'm you, Rob. I'm just Thanks. busting his chops. Yeah, that's but, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. No, but you 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 are a good listener. And he's listening to us ramble right now. Yeah, yeah. And, well, it's uh, brotherly love. Yeah, well, he's, he's got a big <laughs> smile on his face. Yeah. But well, I um, love the fact that Dr. Varela is in his scrubs today because yeah, he is. on a Saturday, on a Saturday he saw a patient. He ran over right. here. Yeah, I to, did. From a surgery. What surgery were you doing? What kind of surgery? Well, I was seeing patients this morning. Oh, okay. Uh, it's post-operative uh, surgical patient. Was, yeah. uh, I was literally rounding this morning. I got in my car, drove on the 101, and here I am. Wow. I love it. And what, what are the gamut of surgeries that you do f- to the spine? You know, what like from the, the most simple to the most complex? Yeah, so we'll do anything from cervical surgery, um, discectomies, anterior fusions, uh, Chiari malformations, which is a condition where a piece of the brain hangs into the spine. Oh my gosh! Oh, I've never heard and of you, that. And you have to I would make not want space that. for it. No, 
So we do thoracic surgeries and discectomies and fusions and, and then that's all, with hardware, right? Correct. Fusion, yeah. And then obviously the lumbar surgeries, which include discectomies and fusions, but yeah. also a big part of our practice is also repairing injuries, fractures. Uh, right. So tra- um, fractured in the spine. Yeah. So f- a fracture in the in the in the high cervical spine or the thoracic spine. Uh, we Dangerous. do a lot of almost. It's almost like working with an erector set. Yeah. Putting so, people back together. Were you were good at doing that as a kid. Yeah, I was good. Very I was good delicate. at Lego, Legos. And Legos. <laughs> so you out there that have kids that like Legos, you yeah. never know. They may yeah. become a neurosurgeon. <laughs> right. Keep your fingers crossed. All right, so I, I guess, Rob, we're kind of running out of time here. Well, do we have time for a true or false? Yeah, let's do it. So what do you think? Is it illegal to transport an animal in the bed of an open-air truck? Open-air so truck. So you know, in other words, you got a flatbed truck or, you know, like a, a Ford uh, 150, and there's your dog back there. Is that illegal? I think it should be. I'm In California, I don't know, but I think yeah. it should be. Hey, yeah, our producer Cam says that you is true. You didn't ask Dr. Varela. Doesn't it depend yeah. on the state? Because I've seen sheep like in Arizona. You know, in the back of <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure sheep they in the just, truck. Yeah. yeah. They just herd them anywhere That's they want. That's bad. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, good one. Thank you. All right. Well, it is it is time to wrap up. I'm sorry to say we've had a lot of fun with Dr. Varela. And again, we want to thank you for taking the time to come down here, Doc. Oh, thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So we really enjoyed having you. So and uh, if, if you, you missed, missed any part of the show, if you, you want to hear it again or want to listen to our previous shows, go to brothersonlaw.com for all things Brothers on Law. And to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in and check out next week's show at the same time, 8 a.m. on here on Go Country 105. And Rob, and what remember, are we remember? To let the scales of justice tip in your favor. The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.